Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hello, hello. Or shall I say good morning, because that's the time we are recording this. Bright and early this time. Very bright and early. Morning is here. I won't do it. Morning is here. Morning (laughs) is here. If any of you watch Friends, you know what that's from. I'm a Friends junkie. We all know that. Yes, we do. You've made me one, kind of. Uh Uh-huh, kind of. But what's really cool is I was flicking through Prime Video the other day. I was watching some documentaries. Well, that didn't happen. I didn't turn, or I was looking for documentaries to watch. Right. I found rules of engagement. I know. I'm so happy that you (laughs) found that. That is amazing. Yes, yes, yes. But it only goes up to like, it goes to season two and then you got to buy it. So, but at least you get some kind of fix in there. Yeah. That's one of my favorite sitcoms. I know it's old now, but I love that one. Yeah, it's good. So what's been up last Saturday, the Saturday before this recording? Yep. Right? Yeah, that's right. We went and interviewed somebody else for one of the podcasts. That's right. And then we said, oh, we're going to make a day of it. And we got a restaurant suggestion from Becky, who's going to be coming up on the show. Yep. And went out to eat, which was very nice, and then went to the beach. And as soon as we got to the beach... The rain hit because oh, that's right. Oh, you know I made what? a YouTube video yeah, of that. You should remember. Yeah. Um, because you know, we live in Florida. We don't know that it rains at three o'clock every day. Duh. Uh, you know, it's hit or miss. <laughs> it like it's hit or it miss because I was able to mow yesterday and it didn't rain. But I did make a video of that. You helped me. We've been we're starting to sort of vlog a little more now. So yeah, we're that's we're fun. gonna we're gonna regularly do that. But we did put a video of that up on the uh, website. So if you want to check that out, yeah, it's pretty funny. And I stayed up till about 1.30 in the morning last night. Oh, I tried. And I, I did tried. it. I completed it. I have to make just a few more tweaks today. Yep. That is my final capstone presentation, which is kind of like your thesis. I don't like to call it a thesis because I think a thesis is more for like a university, like a, a big scale university. Right. I'm not really sure what the difference is, but still kind of the same thing. Yeah. I'm excited to see you do it tonight. Yeah. So I finished up the PowerPoint last night. I'm pretty happy with it. My PowerPoint is very colorful and fun Yeah, because I get very bored looking at PowerPoints. Sure. And I want to kill people when there's too many words up on the PowerPoint. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie. All my professors will know that. They know. Angie's going to have a fun PowerPoint. Well, okay? I'm, it's I'm basically going to look like a little kid threw up on the PowerPoint. No, I think it looks really nice, honestly. I don't, I don't. I think it looks professional, but I think it also looks fun, and I'm excited to yeah. film it and tonight. And I think it shows my it. personality. I do too. Right? And that's yeah. what it's about. So, right. so my capstone is educational. Won't bore you too much with any of the details. There's not... You know, a ton of, oh my gosh, more information, more information. I think it's more motivational because that's kind of where I want it to end. You know what would be cool? I'm going to mention this on the air so we have to do it. But it would be cool if you ran through the slides doing a screen recording after you do your capstone, like tomorrow or later this weekend or something. If you ran through that and then you narrated it. And let me put it together as a video and throw it up on our channel because it's very educational. And we talk about health and wellness. We're not like saturating the show with that, which I like, but I really think there'd be value in that because there's a lot of good information that you're sharing during that. Yeah. 
and it re- not to ruin it. And but it's it really, very relevant to yeah. everybody. So also, I'll save the details for yeah. if we do that. But it, it's very relevant. It's something that affects everybody, yeah. and, it, and it's a change that needs to be made. Well, I think you could say it's about the American standard diet because standard I, American diet. Sorry, the standard, sad diet. Standard American, but I think, and lifestyle because I go into that too. It's a little bit uh, shocking the way that you've done it. So I think that would be really cool. Shock and awe, baby. Yeah. That's what I'm up for. <laughs> I want impact. Uh, yeah, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to to yeah. um, to see you do it. I think you're going to do a great job. And then this past weekend, we were supposed to sit down and start wedding planning. We got like a few things written on a spreadsheet. Well, I think that's a good start, though, yeah. because because I know you've looked at some apps and we've gone to some places, but I guess I'm a spreadsheet guy. But you I, when, when you can see the line items and which ones we've sort of covered, little check boxes done, yeah. how much it's going to cost. I think it starts. I'm going to keep the app too because I like. Sure. I like the setup of the app. You know what I mean? But uh, I'll go in and tweak the the spreadsheet too. Yeah, we're getting started though. I think yeah. if we keep focused on it, we'll get it going. Angie's too cheap. So when I see the price of things, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to make my own flower arrangement. Mm-hmm, Hobby Lobby. Oh, goodness. Well, that'll be nice, I'm sure. So what's up with you? Well, you know, I'm getting ready to leave for Houston. I think uh, I got to look. It feels like it's next week, but I think I still have like two weeks. Couple before, weeks, couple yeah. Couple weeks. And then the immediate week after that, I'm in Chicago. So it's going to be travel. Be busy. I'm excited though. Um, big IT summit for um, on the uh, day job company side of things in uh, our corporate office in Chicago. I'll be going to our Houston office the week before that to talk about some developing business and stuff there. And then... Um, I'm going to Autodesk University in Vegas uh, next month. Oh, November. No, November. November for yeah, a week. Yeah, because it's usually right around my birthday. This year it's not. Yeah, it's usually the week of like the 11th. Yeah. And then this year we found out it's the week after. Yeah. So yay. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of excited. I mean, I don't like to be away from home that much, but uh, especially for the whole week. And you know, everybody says, oh, you're going to Vegas, poor you. And I don't mean to sound like so it's such a fuddy-duddy, but- I'm right there with you. You know, you know how I was I, in I Vegas. <laughs> I, but I've gone probably eight times maybe, and I don't gamble. I really don't care about the strip. I do love the hiking and the Grand Canyon type stuff. I won't really have time to do that this year. So for me, I go, I go to the convention, we go to some business dinners, I go back to the hotel and do some work and it's then the next day is the same. And then, so it's fun, but not in the way that people think it's fun because it's like, it's different scenery. Yeah, There's a buzz around your industry when you're there, you know what I mean? And you have no one but people to talk to that are Totally into it. Right. And for those of you that are like, what is it? What is he talking about? Autodesk. Well, Autodesk is the company that makes all of the software for um, architectural design, engineering, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's the business I'm in. But also, they also make all the software for all the CG computer graphics that you see in all the movies, all the Avengers movies, all, all the special effects that you see, they're all done in their software. So in this convention, you have all of these people from all these different walks of life that use their software. And it's it's really neat. So anyway, I'm preparing for travel. Well, and- they put on like a party and I mean, they make it like a... a- Concert, they really kind do. Of. They really do. I, I went with you before. Yeah, you did. We, we went and did uh, the Grand Canyon and all the fun stuff. And yes. I, I would love to do that again at some point. I really want to go hiking, which we didn't really do. I wanted to go in the helicopter in the Grand Canyon, but somebody wouldn't go with me. I can film you from the ground. 
You could film from the air and then I could cut it together like oh, an air and ground man, shot. It looks so fun. <laughs> anyway, speaking of video, I did uh, help you a little bit with your um, with your project this past weekend. Yes, and you, you sent did. me on Thank a mission. You very to, much. <laughs> Andrew sent me on a mission to go film a drive through. And I don't want to ruin part of the uh, her presentation, but I will say this filming the drive through of a fast food place, I did like a time lapse over the course of a half an hour. And sort of little sneak preview of her project, but the amount of people that go through, and I, I picked the worst one. I didn't have their sign in it or anything, but I picked the worst fast food place. They're all bad for you, but I picked the worst of the worst. And for a half an hour, it is sol- there's never a break. It is solid cars. So that just tells you how... And that was on a Sunday afternoon at like 4, 4.30. Four, right. That tells you how sort of addicted they've got everybody. I mean, yeah. it is tragic. Well, addicted, and we live in such a high-paced, yeah. on-the-go society, we're, we're all guilty of yeah. it. Yeah, oh, you know, so myself included. You're out and about. Who brings food? Well, you know what? Um, We've got to be more prepared. we got to treat ourselves better. That needs to be something that is very ordinarily, or it needs to be the unordinary, yeah. you know? It, it needs to be not the norm that we just... I'm going to grab something quick. Oh, I'm going to grab something, whatever's healthy off the menu. Guys, really, there's nothing healthy off the menu. I'm here to tell you. Right. Even the things that look healthy, some hidden little gems in there for you. I'm telling you. And a couple of things I've learned, not to bore everyone, but a couple of things I've learned from you is that literally 95% of the stuff that you get out, if it's cooked, it's cooked in vegetable oil, which immediately makes it bad for you. Mm -hmm. So... That that's something we can get into in another episode, but I would love for you to give us all a few tips on a few things that maybe you can put together and eat fast because that is my dilemma too. I get a 15 minute lunch break most of the time, especially when I'm working from home. And it, 15 minutes means you have to sort of pre-prep your food. Yeah. Otherwise you end up eating like a cereal bar or even like me, if I'm trying to be healthy and even that isn't healthy. So Yeah, and that's the thing, prep Prep is the biggest prep, thing. Prep, pre-prep. We, we've yeah. got to make time for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, indeed. you got to start making it a family thing on Sundays, or you just got to commit some time to it. We do. It, it. Look, people, this is what I do for a living. I love it because I get to be in a kitchen yeah. for eight, sometimes 12 hours a day now prepping for families, which I I don't complain about one time because I love it. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I, I understand how it, it is grueling. Yeah. But there are some simple tips, and in the future, I'll put some, That'd be awesome. some tips on there. Let's Maybe when we post the um, the video, like you said, I'll put some tips on there where they oh, can put that'd a link. Be awesome. I mean, they can always visit my page, Forever in Health. I'm starting to get that kind of rolling now that yeah. I'm going to be done with school. So there will be um, rest, easy recipes that are on there. And that's a great idea, though, because I do focus on meal prep. I think I need to have a meal prep tip page. I think so too. I think yeah, I would, I would personally that. use it actually. Yeah. Um, speaking of all the extra time that we have, and I was just, uh, at, before we started recording the show, I was just talking about when are we going back out on the kayaks? <laughs> but we have to get going on our Halloween costumes. Dude, it's almost September. I know. Like and what in the hay? We're going to do like we always do. We like to say that we work on our costumes for months leading up, but really it's like a couple of things we do. And then the month before we go into like ultra panic mode and it always works out beautifully so but we're getting into that zone where we've got to get going on our costumes well i did stop by a thrift store yesterday on my way back oh i forgot to mention something i started a new part-time job yeah 
with my favorite things. We've mentioned them on the air before. Well, you didn't forget to mention that because this is the first show that we've had since then. Oh, oh. you mean at the beginning of the show? Oh, or? at the beginning, yeah. yeah. Um, so my favorite things, it is a crafting company that are, um, well, one of my clients, Kim, owns. And I'm doing like some some customer service, what is it called? Ticket, like answering ticketing. tickets. Yeah, almost yeah. like I think of it like the service test it's because of my business. customer service to me. Yeah. So it's like I'm talking to people through the computer. So I've been doing some training with Brianna. Yep. She's my type of trainer. She moves fast, but you know, I got to slow her down a little bit sometimes. Go, yeah. oh, what was that one again? Okay. <laughs> but she moves on. Like, yeah. okay, like don't dwell on something that's super easy. Yeah. You know, okay, got it. I've seen her work. She's very efficient. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, I know Kim and mm-hmm. Brianna and Martin and that whole family is great. The company is great. I've always been so thrilled about their success story, which maybe we'll be able to have her on to talk about. And I'm also helping her put together uh, a podcast. Um, yes, so I'm so excited. It'll be their own podcast, but I'm kind of helping them. And you know, I never would have said yes to work for them because computer work is not really my thing. Yeah. But because of the dynamic of, yeah. I've you know, I've done some some side work for her and I've sure. done some um, little events for her where I've prepped some food and yeah. stuff because of seeing the dynamic of how everybody works together there. Yeah. That's the reason I was like, Oh yeah, I could get on board with that. Oh, no it's doubt. a great team. Yeah, like, it is. Seriously. And and I just, just without getting into the details over the years, you know, I've known her, I've known about the company and everything I've ever seen or heard is, uh, it's a one-of-a-kind kind of... Uh, I think so. The vibe they have, the culture that she's sort of developed with it between the rapport of everyone that mm-hmm. works there. Yeah. It's, it's really like a family. A lot of companies say that, but this is really... Uh, no, it is. Like yeah. a family. It, it's, um, it's a cool environment. Yeah, so it, I'm excited for It's very you. work-driven, yeah. but you know everybody has knows their place, but it, it's just, there's a feel that you get, sure. right? And, and I get that feeling there. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited for you. And I'm excited for me to be able to kind of help them get the podcast going, I too. I know, I am, so. too. That's going to turn out great. potentially some commercials for them. So Yes, yes. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm, and I'm excited for you. I, I really want to hear how it goes. And uh, it's neat to see you sitting in sort of service desk software because that's <laughs> yeah. been my life for 20 years. You know, I'll be sitting and standing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true, true. Well, that's it for this and that. And we'll be right back with the community call out. Hey everyone, welcome back. It is time for our community call out and we are continuing our hashtag month of teachers theme with teachers from all different levels of education. So today we get a glimpse into higher education. The hard stuff. The hard stuff uh, with a local college teacher and I would like to welcome Miss Michelle Sandin. Thank you so much. Thank you. Came right from school to be here, didn't you? I did. Awesome. That's a long day. That is a long day. Very long day. Yes, and Saturdays are a long day, right? From nine to five. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I don't do that. That's relatable. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe a little personal, a little professional, whatever you'd like to share with our audience. Well... Um, I live, have lived in Orlando for a little over 10 years. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Wow. Have lived in Indianapolis. Michigan girl here. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, I, uh, you know, typical, uh, growing up story. 
went to Michigan State, but didn't finish. Uh, moved mm-hmm. to help a student organization at Purdue, and you, um, which is where I got married to my husband. Oh, oh, nice. So that's where we, so that was a good move then. Yes. All right. And uh, he and I together have had seven kids. Oh, goodness. That's a busy life. It's full. Uh, yes. We've homeschooled our children. They're all excellent. grown now, and we have, well, we're expecting our third grandchild. Oh, and awesome. how old is your youngest, if you don't mind me asking? My youngest child? Yes, youngest 20. child. Okay, okay. What about so, youngest grandchild? Uh, he's one. Uh, or, well, about to be born in November. Oh, oh, wow. That's the new one coming. That's brand new. <laughs> so that will be the third one, right? Yes. First so, girl. And, and homeschooling all of them. That's pretty impressive. Well, so I'm going to ask questions that I know Angie already knows the answers to, but this would be good for our audience and for me, because I've purposely been left in the dark here. So I think it'll be a more uh, organic conversation. But can you tell us what you teach now and whether or not you've taught other things in the past and maybe where you teach if you're comfortable talking about that or if you want to share that information? Okay. Well, first of all, I did not get my uh, graduate degree. I graduated in September of 2017. So, wow, uh, recent. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <clears throat> you could never stop learning. Of course. And Love so, yeah. uh, up to that point, I couldn't teach uh, higher ed, but now I can. Mm-hmm. And so, I teach at Everglades University here in Maitland. Right. Uh, I have taught at University um, of Central Florida. Uh, there, I taught. TESOL, English as a Second Language. Oh, okay. I remember you talking about that. And then now I also teach online. I teach at a a school called Bryan and Stratton College. And then I also, I volunteer at a school called University of the People, whose goal is to bring education to the world. So, Oh, very nice. So, That one's really cool. You talked about that in um, class a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear more about it. But what do you teach at Everglades University? I teach Composition 1 and 2. I teach speech and American literature. Oh, His all face the stuff I love. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I also, I, I teach business writing mostly at Bryan and Stratton. And then at University of the People, English 1 and 2, writing and research. And they have a world literature course. So, so that's almost like history then, isn't it? It's still literature. I, literature and history are kind of hand married in hand. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that other. a little bit earlier, and I always wondered why. I was always a not-so-good-at-math, but I just whizzed through English kid. But for some reason, history and social studies, I was I kind of felt like that, too. Like, it's reading still. It's still yeah. stories. It's just... True stories, you know? So I get that. I get the connection. And I avoided it at all costs. <laughs> you were a math kid? I was math. It's a left brain, right brain thing, isn't it? Math More. and English. So who likes the English? Is that like creative people? Some. Uh, yeah, but not always. That, My husband's good at writing, and he's more of a math kind of person. He's that? creative as well. I, mean, it, I guess. Well, you know what? We talked about that, too. We talked a little bit about some of the programs like the... Um, Oh, help me out here. Uh, science, uh, oh, uh, STEAM. STEM. STEM. Oh, STEM, STEM and, and STEAM. STEAM. And the STEAM, including the A for art. We talked a little bit about, I, you know, there's, there's not that it's always conflict, but there's organizations out there that either go with one or the other most of the time. And there's a debate on whether or not art belongs in that. 
of course, I, as an artist, I feel like it does, but you could easily see that uh, business writing or uh, technical writing, that all requires a creative element. It is absolutely a sort of a math and science, you know, sort of category, but it requires that creative piece. So, yeah, that was interesting when you looked that up yeah. about how art actually fits into that. It does. That yeah. area. So when in your life did you discover this love for teaching, not just your children since you homeschooled, um, but for teaching others? Like wh- when was that? Was there an aha moment? Was this something you knew very, very early in life? Tell us about that. I think I was born to be a teacher. We talked about that earlier. Why I think that uh, my mom was a single mom and she had a daycare. And she, one of her favorite stories, sometimes much to my chagrin, was (laughs) every summer I would line up all the kids outside in a schoolish fashion. I would make worksheets for them and I oh, would wow. I would school them. Uh-huh. Uh, she said summers were great because I was there schooling <laughs> the kids. Over, she right. didn't have to work much. She just <laughs> sat back and let you do it. So cool. I've always enjoyed teaching in ninth grade. Uh, one of my teachers, my algebra teacher, uh, she found out I played the piano and wanted me to teach her daughter piano lessons. And so that was my first formal oh, cool. job. And we've moved from there. Yeah, sure. That's very cool. I think... Uh, what a fun first job, though. Yeah, no doubt. Making money doing something that you probably liked doing, right? Indeed. And then you got to actually throw that teaching element in there at yeah. such a young age. That was cool. Well, we've talked about how... Uh, and this is my belief, and I think, you know, it's, this is a common belief, but... Good teachers, I think, are born to teach. I think anyone can teach, but if you think back in life about the teachers that you remember, at least for me and most people I know, it's a select few teachers that you remember throughout your life because those are the ones that like made a connection with you. Those were the Mm -hmm. born teachers. Exactly. You know, the rest of them, and and I'm not disparaging anyone, but the rest of them are maybe trained to teach, but they didn't make like that connection with, at least with me anyway. Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference when somebody has a passion about something. You know that from, you know that from being a teacher and hearing when, when people turn a paper in or get up and give the presentation right. in class, you can tell the, when they're actually passionate about something yes. and when it's like, here you go, here's a paper, you know, you, you got it, you want it, well, you know, it, you know, my feeling, you want it, you got it. Passion and enthusiasm mm-hmm. are required for anything to be of any value, no matter what it is you're yes, into. That's my feeling. Yep. Um, so did you always know that you wanted to teach English-based stuff? And is there other stuff that you want to, or have you considered teaching in the future that you kind of want to get into? I uh, went to Michigan State, signed mm-hmm. up as a teacher, English teacher. Right. I switched to music. and There's math. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, I've been playing the piano since I was a little girl. And, yeah. And I enjoyed being a music major but I didn't graduate. Yeah. And uh, so. What I meant by math, their math is, you know, music they is math. They say that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh-uh. You know, they, it, it's funny that you say that because I've always read and heard that. And I've been a drummer for years, you know, in like rock bands and stuff. I, ha- I haven't done it in 10 years, maybe. But I was always terrible at math. And I remember 
in our accounting and finance department at my office, they would say, how do you play the drums if you're not good at math? So I agree with you. Maybe technically there's a connection, but I don't feel it in my brain either. You know, it's, it just kind of flows maybe the same way piano flows for you. Maybe I, I will say, I think math is also an age maturity uh, thing. And sometimes Mm -hmm. algebra and things like that are introduced at an age when some people aren't ready for them. Because as I was tutoring my own kids, things I was like, Wow, that's how that works. I never oh, understood it until I was good, actually working with them. You might be onto something. Huh. I, you know, what I've said for me is, and I know for my daughter, sometimes I think that it's the anxiety about math that made me not so good at it because you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't understand. And then you, it yeah. starts becoming a, it snowballs like a block. Of, yeah. yeah. So speaking of maturity, this the school that you teach at where I go, there's a lot of mature students there, Indeed. right? So what do you find most rewarding slash challenging about teaching adults, us, us adults who yeah. have decided to um, pursue higher education maybe a little later in life? So uh, the most exciting thing as a teacher, it, and it doesn't really matter what age you are, that, that I enjoy the most is waking up passion and helping people discover what they might be capable of. Yeah. That's and great. so as a writing teacher, nobody wants to take my class. <laughs> and as an American literature class teacher, almost nobody wants to take it. In fact, one student told me he was using the, the books as his bookends. Really? Um, that's but crazy to me. At the end of the class, he thought he might read a little in them too. So, okay, great. Um, so I do, I love waking up I love waking up the idea that you can be successful at higher education. You can be successful at a new career. You can be successful at new endeavors, even if it's not work. Uh, it's challenging. Uh, technology is challenging for people coming back to school and they have to get on a learning system and platform and Mm -hmm. uh, try to type out a paper and some are hunt and peck people. (laughs) I have had a couple hand written, turned in papers. Lordy. And uh, you're talking to an IT director. So I'm cringing over here. So, but you got to understand that some of the people who come to school in person, they, they're coming in person because the technology is intimidating. Sure. So, you just have to really help them find tools to manage yeah. um, the new IT world. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it is, it's like a platform. You go on kind of how the high schoolers do virtual. You have a spot where you have to, you know, kind of um, communicate with your class that way. Now, I came to class. I came to school because I like interaction. Right. I like to see your face when you're teaching me something. Like, does this person really know what they're talking about? Right. Like, and really, <laughs> I need to see you. So that's, I'm more of like, I'm a people person. So yeah. I wanted to be there because I knew online, I get very distracted by the things around me. Yeah, that's oh, probably look, common. I got to do that laundry <laughs> over there. Oh, look, I need to go do this. So I'm very distracted. So I don't stay honed in enough. So Michelle, that was something you just said really struck me. I hadn't thought of before, maybe because of the world I live in and the generation I'm from, but it never really dawned on me that, you know, I love the idea of people coming back to school when they're older and getting the opportunity to realize that they do have options and they can change their career and be successful. But what never dawned on me really is that people are sort of outside of any sort of technology 
And that intimidation is kind of what's preventing them from doing anything because it's in every job now. Indeed. Sometimes they don't, they don't think they can. Yeah. And so I never thought about that because, you know, even my, my parents, my grandparents, we've sort of brought them into getting them a computer or that kind of stuff. So you don't think about the fact that there's a lot of people that don't have a connection mm-hmm. to someone that's going to help them learn how to use technology. And then it becomes like a wall of fear, I guess. On how to proceed. So when it comes to this, what would you like to what would you like to see more or less of when it comes to because you you're seeing that people are struggling maybe with that? What would you like to see the schools doing to help people that are coming in at a I want to say older, you know, seasoned age? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but coming in a little later in life, what could what do you think schools could do to kind of help with that? I think if it's a in-person or on-campus school, uh, having a point person that they can actually go to and that person will walk them through what they need to do. They won't do their homework for them, but they yeah. will will just step them through what they need to do over and over and over again Until and it invites clicks. them to come back over and over and over again. So they're not intimidated like, oh, yeah. I already asked. Instead, they're like, oh. They said I could come back. Like so, a counselor almost? It well, sounds- more of a tutor type. Yeah. Ah, okay. I would say not a tutor per se, but a yeah. Not even a, a facilitator. So much. It would be, I would say it would be somebody a that. Yeah. A learning coach maybe. Yeah. yeah. We have health coaches. Why that's not learning right. coaches? Yeah, yeah that's that'd be point. awesome because that, and maybe it could even be somebody that volunteered their time that has been to school already. Almost like how, you know, schools have alumni association. Maybe that's something that's coordinated. That, that would, might, that might be. Yeah. That would be a great thing to have. I, I know. I wish I would have had that because like we just talked about APA format and nobody knows what that means just look it up just google it <laughs> um but i didn't know how to write one of those papers I, think, I had been to school you know so many years ago we didn't use that i don't think anyway i don't remember but we didn't never had like any classes to kind of they had courses but they didn't say you have to go take this like we you know let's right. make you take it so that you do know how to write a paper um, the correct way for your professor. So your professor or your teacher isn't saying, what is this? <laughs> what? Well, I think that goes back to the technology sphere a little bit again, yeah. because one of the things I think I take for granted, and a lot of us take for granted is just like IT. IT is really just, you learn the techie stuff, but the bulk of the job is knowing how to go find the answer to stuff on the internet. So when you say stuff like, I don't know the writing format in my mm-hmm. head, I'm like, yeah, you could find it in five minutes. But some people, some people can. can't. So that's yeah. the, I guess it makes life more tricky. And on that note, in your time in higher education, have you seen sort of um, changes in the technology side of things? Or, you know, it sounds like everyone's working on a on a technology platform of some kind. Yeah, to turn we assignments. call them LMSs. Oh, is that what it is? Um, uh, it's a learning Learning platform. management system yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's different. Even on campus, schools have LMS systems that they use. Or the online students, at least at some point, they had to figure out how to get online. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that they even struggle uh, how to get through some of their yeah. their how to submit something onto the, the platform. Ba- basically and, getting started. Yeah. yeah. And LMS <clears throat> platforms are in all business. I mean, they 
a lot of big companies have a sort of a learning management system just for onboarding and so you understand right. the way the company works. Mm-hmm. So I think learning technology, even though it's difficult, I, you like to encourage it because we live in a tech world. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, from texting to... Yeah, I mean, like Dan said, bills. Yeah, any any job that you have now is going to have some form of technology. Some level, yeah. Some level, even if it's doing your timesheet. And and most of it is becoming more advanced. So we have that is something we have to have. So this is um, a little bit off, you know, what we were planning to ask, but it just made me think. As far as the technology thing, I always wonder this. I wonder this at every level, but I, I really wonder it at the college level. We've talked to other teachers from elementary to high school about uh, social media and the things that are constantly calling for your attention and how, you know, even at home, most families get lost in their phones on the couch or whatever. I just wonder, and especially with uh, adults that have that are coming back to school, do you see a sort of um, a challenge with people being uh, having a hard time focusing because I read a lot about how the internet and these devices are, are fundamentally changing our brains, not necessarily for the better. But I just wonder, as a teacher, do you see more distractions? Do you see people that are, it's harder for people to focus and maybe it doesn't affect adults as much? Well, maybe if you're talking about learning the older the adult is in my classroom, yep, the, the less they look at their phone. Right. I was going to say probably However, the better. However, yeah. many of us have our phones sitting here yeah. waiting. <laughs> uh, looking over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and for instance, today I had two students get up and say, I got to take a call and walk out. Uh, and so because I think, you know, their business is running through sure. their phone. And yeah. yeah. They're, they're trying to fit school in, which, by the way, is a challenge of with course. the adults. I did it as an adult. Many yeah. adults who come back, they have families. At Everglades University, we have alternative degrees that are unusual yeah. and yes. good. Sure. <clears throat> One of them is construction management. So many of the people who come in have worked a 60 or 70 hour week and they're tired. Of course. And so. And they're still coming. And they're still coming. That, and, and I've got very much respect for that. That kind of ties into the type of business that I do. I work for an engineering firm, but uh, I, it's kind of refreshing to hear though. It's kind of what I expected because there's evidence that for younger kids with all everything, just begging for your attention or those emotional pulls that we've yeah. heard about that, you know, we've noticed that some children just almost can't sit still. At all. They're just so used to that instant gratification of a device that it's made a challenge. I was just curious if you'd seen that in adults. I think some of those people haven't quite hit um, school. Some of my younger students. However, the younger students, because Everglades has a big mix, people who have come right out of high school to retired people. So in the current class I have, I have... Probably a mix of 30-somethings, and I have someone who uh, is so surprised that nobody knows what APA is or how to do a <laughs> reference, because didn't you learn that in high school? Yeah, and because 20 years ago. <laughs> he He's two years out of high school. Right. Yeah. It's and all fresh so, in his brain. But I will say about him, and many who are young like him, they put their phones away 
Because I think they had to put their phones away in school. So they're used to so the. Used they to they it. put their phones away at school. Yeah. yeah. It's the 30 somethings who don't put it away yeah. at their right. phones. They're never <laughs> right, used Angie? to having, having to. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, look, look, I had to leave class many times for contractor calls. Yeah. Oh. Oh, when we were doing the home construction. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, you should have passed off to me. I guess I wouldn't have been able to answer either. No. I was taking on the brunt of it, you know? <laughs> so, Michelle, let me ask you this. If there was something you could change about your own educational journey, what would it be? I would tell myself to stay in English <laughs> and graduate. Oh, yes. <laughs> and keep going until I had finished uh, maybe a doctoral program. Is that something you look forward to doing in the future? Uh, I'd like to. We'll see. Okay. That's a lot of work, right? Um, and it's costly. Oh, yeah. The the money factor is always a big always, thing when it course. comes to higher education. As I've, I'm noticing as I'm getting towards the end here, yes. looking at the the uh, the old uh, credit report going, oh, oh, yeah. And then it doesn't help when you've got me over here going, and I'm super supportive <laughs> of all this, just for, but I'm just, this is my brain, my logical brain, and I go, how much is the whole, you know, college, what do you think you're going to owe in student loans? And then I go, well, how much does that position make in a year? And she's like, I can't go there. <laughs> I can't. I just have to finish. Yeah. This is why I didn't think about it when I started school or would not have gone. No, you think don't about do that. Much, you know what you I say? I say, think about it like a mortgage almost. Yeah. So it's, my daughter says that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's more, I think school for me is more than that. I, I'm so glad I went back. I'm so glad I went back sure. and finished it helped me to grow my mind and grow how mm-hmm. I think about yeah. the world. Yeah. I think that's important. Well, we talk about evolution. One more one more point about the mortgage, though. I, I What I meant by that was every almost everyone has to pay a mortgage. I meant that in like a positive way. Just think of it as a mortgage and then just keep going. Don't yeah. start picking it apart. Just know you got the payment and move on. <laughs> as far as evolution, though, we talk about um, one of the philosophies I have, and I know Angie agrees with me, is that Throughout our lives, all the way until we die, if we're 100, I believe that as you get new information, whether it be in science or math or history or English or whatever, when new things are discovered, you you have to stop and consider the new evidence and see if it changes your thinking or what you think is the way things work. If you don't do that, maybe it doesn't change, but if you don't stop to take in new information Mm -hmm. there's a certain generation or maybe a certain sector of our generation and other generations that are just this is what i was taught this is what i believe this is what it is and they ignore anything else and to me there's no there's no sort of evolution of thinking so the idea that you can go back to school Mm -hmm. the idea that you can change your career the idea that you can change your thinking and become something or someone totally different. I totally agree with that yeah. across the board. We used to tell our kids that school was life and yes. life is school. Yes. And if you stop learning, you die. You stop growing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You die. Sure. So, well, hopefully some of them didn't take that the wrong way. Like, oh, God, I got to learn something. To <laughs> this is the day I'm going to go. If I don't yeah. I think, they, I think they got the gist. Well, yeah. That would have been okay. <laughs> yeah. Because it would have kept them going. But in a sense, I agree with you because yeah. I, the, the people that I know, it's almost sad to me that the, the people that I know that won't accept any new information about anything mm-hmm. or even consider it. It's, um, they're very stagnant. You just become you know? a dinosaur. I mean, you know, at some yeah, point kind of. and, and we have to force ourselves to, to mm-hmm. rethink what we think we know when we read something yeah. new or whatever. So you, you instilled 
Uh, it sounds like you instilled a love of learning in your kids or a fear of it. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't I'm know. still deciding which I mean, one I finished is. grad school with my daughter, my uh, oldest daughter. So that's what I want to talk about. How have you instilled that love of, of education? And that's one of the things that I remembered about us talking about was that you and your daughter graduated together. Yeah, that's so cool. She was considering going to get her master's degree and I had completed my bachelor's degree a year prior in English. And I had been trying to see if I would make any more money back to that home money uh-huh. conversation. Got to make it. But it was the same. And so I was closing in on a year. A year had been my goal. And so when she was considering it, I was like, well, let's do it together. And so oh, that's what cool we did. Yeah, We are both kind of Let's do something quick, people. So we picked a 15-month program, which was accelerated, uh, so, but fun. So accelerated, meaning lots of work. Yes. <laughs> but you had each other for support. So that right. was um, that probably made it go a little quicker, too, and made it, it a little did. easier on you. And now, not all my kids, my second, uh, went to full sale a little bit, but now is a computer programmer and pretty much self-taught. Oh, I love it. Uh, my third went to school, and uh, now she's with her husband in Colorado and expecting her second. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. So some of some of our kids are still in school. We had a daughter just graduate from law school. Oh uh, wow! So she's she's kind of young for it, but mm-hmm. but uh, we had since we homeschooled, it gave us the opportunity for those who wanted to, get ahead, to, to dual enroll. Oh, and yeah. So for her, she's kind of a type A. Personality. I always say that she has all the energy for the whole family. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's the rest of us. (laughs) But uh, she, so she was able to get her AA degree. uh, But the one, my youngest was able to get some college too, and it's helped. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. I I think that's, I encourage Dan's youngest, um, because the other one just graduated. But I told her, I said, you know, you can take, you can dual enroll. Florida will pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Get it under your belt. The other thing too is I, I encourage the kids to, you know, my son is just now going into to college. He's going to go to, he could have gone straight to university. He's going to do a community college to start, which I think is admirable because I think it's great. he doesn't know what he wants to do. Yeah. And my philosophy about that is, it, that I wouldn't expect that you do. I mean, some careers, as we said, uh, you know, earlier is, you know, engineers, doctors, whatever. There are people that just know teachers sometimes. Yeah. Usually they just from know. a young age, too. It seems like they know that but that I, is kind of the, their career path. Right, right. And I, you know, I didn't know when I was 17, 18, and I just kind of fell into things. And I would rather my kids go to school and be introduced or college and be introduced to things that maybe they didn't even know Existing. were going to be of interest to them. They may find their passion there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfectly okay to take it slow, figure out what you really want to do rather than most, what most people in this country do really probably in the world is they work a job that they're not crazy about because it pays the bills and they were afraid to take the leap that you're talking about uh-huh. and sort of reinvent themselves and go back to college and change it. So it's- 
I'd rather I mean, it's them scary because it's it nice scary. to eat too. Yeah, yeah. of course, <laughs> <laughs> right? Not but live I think, on ramen for that, you know the it, that's a rest great point. Life. That's that is my point with the kids though. While you don't have the responsibilities right. now, figure it out. Don't go plowing in. Don't get pressured in. Go yeah. figure it out and make sure you're passionate about it. Because if you're passionate about being a garbage man. You're going to do really well at it and you're going to make good money. And be happy. And be happy. Yeah, the be most happy. important thing is to be happy. So we're wrapping up, but as we are wrapping up, I wanted to ask, are there any organizations or charities or community events that you volunteer your time at or that you would like people to become aware of? Well, see, that's part of us, you know. I know. Getting, reaching out to the community. <laughs> <Yeah. there. laughs> so I, like I said, I do volunteer at... Um, University of the People, uh, with but that's online. Yeah, that's okay. That's um, and that is. Tell me exactly what that is. That's people all over. Well, all over the world. So pretty much, I just told my class this today too. In every class, I have at least one Syrian refugee, uh, and the stories are heart rendering. Yes, when they write their papers and whatnot. So I, without going off the deep end, what is the University of the People? It's it's a college that offers an educational platform to people who might not otherwise be able to go to college. It's not regionally accredited, so that's it has a national accreditation. Regionally accredited college is, is the better of the accrediting mm-hmm. uh, bodies right. that you can have. But it is accredited, and it does enough to hopefully uh, better people's situation. Yeah. I was going to say improve their lot. Yeah, health, like life, healthcare yeah. management's one of the fields. IT is another field. Business uh, is another field. They have small amount of fields. Okay. So, and it seems like it's um, fields that are advancing. That guaranteed yeah, are placement almost. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's wow. Cool. That's great. I just recently, and I'm still exploring, just joined the International Women's Writing Guild. Oh, exciting. Oh, I love that. I write, so I love so that. So I'm excited. I had the opportunity to edit one of our students' final publication, uh, one of our students at Everglades, actually. Oh, he's, cool. He's an older man, and he's a pastor. Mm-hmm. And he just wrote a mentorship manual on helping prisoners attriculate into to society. Wow. So I think it's the first of many manuals that he will maybe write. Very so cool. But so that was very exciting. No that doubt. That is exciting. And, um, and I, have I heard you mention that you're a writer before? I'm trying. I'm an aspiring writer. Okay, an aspiring writer. I That's- have written the rough draft of a children's book, and my daughter, who is an artist... A different daughter. I haven't talked about uh-huh. her much. Uh, she's, uh, I think she's about two thirds or maybe a little more done of the painting. She's doing the painting. Oh, how uh, great is that? What's really great is the painting she showed me. I'm like, wow, it's better than I thought. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't. You quite, had, yeah, you had a vision, but it wasn't yeah, like that amazing, right? So, so are you going to look for a publisher or are you maybe, going to self publish? No, I, I, I'm not sure. That's one of the reasons I joined. This the writers guild. The mm-hmm. writers guild. I do have a part of a book written. 
I'm still working through it. So yeah. we'll, we'll just leave it at we'll that. We'll save it well, until still, you're ready to yeah. introduce yeah. it. Yeah, let us well, know when you're ready and um, we'll blast it and let everybody know. One thing I learned, though, talking about your passions, when I was editing uh, Kenyatta's book, I... I thought, wow, I really like editing. I I like it. That's what my editor says, too. I think because it goes along with being able to help people find their dreams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that could be. I think I might look into that a little bit more. Oh, yeah, that's it. Well, what does it say about me when I, because I hate editing. I mean, it's my own own work, but I hate editing. It's my least favorite part of the writing. I don't like editing my work either. Maybe it's that. It's painful. It's like when you have to cut it, it's like cutting your hand off. Right. It really is. It's like writing the whole book again, honestly. And the other thing is, if you, you're very critical of yourself when you right. go back and go, why would I write that like that? And I'm going to start all over again. And There's a very that's just cr- more work. <laughs> creative flow to writing that I love. When you got to go back and start picking it apart, it doesn't feel very creative anymore. No. And you're right. I read it and go, I would have wrote that it? different. You, you know, you if you get in your own head, you'll rewrite the whole thing again. Uh-huh. So, But I never thought about that. Maybe it's because it's editing your own work is no fun. Editing other people's work is because you're helping them. And it's not self-serving, maybe. Right. You know? That was a great answer. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. This Thanks was really fun. Thanks for inviting fun. me. Absolutely. We didn't take too much of your time, right? It was very fun. Good. Yeah. All right. I like to talk, too. So, so do yeah. we. Absolutely. <laughs> Trust me. We'll, we'll talk your ear off if you let us I know. Hear. That's why we have to have questions. Because if not, it's like two hours later. And we're like, oh, crap. We'll drift. Oh, God. We still drift a little. We learned this after the first couple. We're like, okay, yeah, maybe we want to, you know, go do something else that day. And we just talk for three hours. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I, you know, I don't know what the target number is, but it seems like about an hour is what most of them are. And I don't know if that's because people look at a two hour podcast and go, I'm not listening to that. It's, you know, which is weird because podcasts are. They're like Netflix for audio. Yeah. You can listen to five minutes today, ten minutes next week, or oh, the whole I thing. Hate that. Really? You hate I to interrupt it. I hate to I wanna do do? listen to it all or not at all. Oh, yeah. See? Oh, Maybe okay. that's why an hour is a that good, could a be good why. point. All right. So we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for coming. Yes. Thanks thanks so thank you for your husband for waiting. That's <laughs> a good guy. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the information station. Hang tight. Hey guys, I've had lower back problems for most of my adult life. And so I've had some mixed results with different chiropractors, some not so good. So I've always been a little skeptical of that. That is until I met Dr. Christina at Revival Chiropractic. Now, the first time you go into Revival Chiropractic, they'll walk you through the process they use. It's a very specific science-based, neurological-based protocol they use. And after going there for a year and having both of my teenagers go there for a year and Angie go there for a year as well, we've either seen a complete recovery from or a dramatic reduction of things like chronic headaches, chronic migraines, even stomach issues and some other upper spinal issues that we have in the family. So they have very affordable plans. Dr. Christina, Dr. Brittany, we call them Dr. C and Dr. B, as well as the other staff, Jules, Savannah, and Alexi. Everyone is great. The place is amazing. They do food drives throughout the year and school supply drives throughout the year, client appreciation events. They give back to the community. The place is great. Check them out. Revival Chiropractic. Go to RevivalChiropractic.com to find out more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Information Station. 
What a great interview that we had with Michelle Sandin. Indeed. I want to thank her again for taking time out of her busy teacher life to come and sit down with us. That was that was pretty cool. Yes, it was. It's pretty it's pretty cool for me to interview one of my college teachers sure. and kind of hear a little bit more about their personal life as yeah. well. I mean, we hear some in class, but it's cool to hear that. So thanks to her for helping to make our hashtag month of teachers complete, rounding rounding out all the different grade levels. Yeah. So one of the things we touched on when we were talking to Michelle was how people are going back to college for some the first time at an older age. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. That's what I did. I know. (laughs) It's interesting because I, you know, I know, I guess it's a developing trend, but that's what I did too so many years ago. Yeah. So it's people over 25 are those that have children at home are the ones that are actually enrolling in um, college classes. And it it accounts for nearly 74% of America's undergraduate class, um, undergraduate students. Wow. So it in you know it's really largely due to the fact that we have an advance in technology because it allows people to work from home. Number one, a lot of schools offer online classes, so they can ha- you know raise a family at home or work, and then kind of schedule their wor- their um, online classes around their regular jobs and stuff. You mean because they're working from home, they can also do college from home? Well, if it's like a stay-at-home mom with with kids or, you know, somebody that works a full-time job, they can actually do their college courses at night when they come home. So there's lots of schools that offer this online platform now. Absolutely. You know, there's some schools that are purely online. Yeah. Like there's no actual campus. Oh, I know, I know. So I think that's why we see such this huge increase of people that are saying, yeah, I could take that on because I don't have to show up somewhere physically at a certain time. And, Indeed. And well, know. part of it also too is there. there's a concern with the um, working class now that they're going to be losing their jobs due to the advances in technology. The rise in AI is honestly expected to continue to either dramatically change or replace jobs altogether. We talk about this at Autodesk University a couple of years ago, like I was just mentioning at yeah. the beginning of the show. But this is truly more the case, or especially the case when it's um, jobs that require less formal education. So maybe if you're working in a uh, assembly line or you're doing uh, certain types of labor, um, they even are starting to develop robots that can put things on shelves and take them off shelves. And so people really need to learn so how pe- to operate those, right? So what I found, you know, there's a little bit of a fear in in certain people around. I'm going to lose my job to AI and a computer. And while I do think there's some validity to that, everything I've really read or learned about it is it's not so much losing your job. It's if you don't do something about it, sure. But that's where this education thing comes in. Because, that's where that evolution comes in, evolving. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've seen cases where maybe a guy worked in the factory floor and now he is managing the software that runs the machines yeah. that run the factory floor. And it's not that complex. You know, 10, 15 years ago, these things were very daunting and intimidating. And there is an older generation that feels like it's it's scary, computers and all that. But more and more people are starting to discover how easy it is and user-friendly it is to learn some of these applications that sort of allow you to evolve, like you said. So I, I look at it more like an evolution, like you said, and mm-hmm. less like a the fear of losing your job. Because 
computer replacements potentially are supposed to replace up to 47% of those types of jobs over the next five to 10 years. That's a, wow. that's a huge, huge amount of jobs being replaced. Yeah. But I think you think about it like that will allow me to do a better, more advanced job with a, a higher skill set and potentially a pay increase. Yeah. So yeah. think of it that way. Yeah, that's a, that is a great way to think of it. And even, you know, moving, <clears throat> excuse me, like, especially with like construction jobs, because I think that's probably one of the fields that people are like, man, a lot of these, you know, these machines are going to be taking over what I do for a living. Sure. Um, our school, the Everglades University, has like a construction management degree, yep. which means that you learn how to manage in that field. Yeah. So, you know, evolve yourself, you know, you, you can do it, you know, there's people that come from all different backgrounds that are attending school at an older age, all different educational levels too. So it it can be done. Yeah. I think so too. I just think you have to stay motivated. Yeah, you do. Now it's hard work. I'm not going to (laughs) lie, No, but the reward is worth it. I I agree. When I was writing my, you know, my paper the other night and kind of finalizing the end point, you know, the final paragraph, I cried. And I don't know if it was, I cried because it's coming to an end. Yeah. It was like three years of my life. Sure. Or that I'm putting a message out there of everything that I've kind of learned and, and brought into this one offering. Yeah. You know, so. Well, that means you're into it. I cried, y'all. <laughs> yeah. You're passionate, that's for sure. Yes, I am passionate about it. So Michelle mentioned that she works at a really, or or volunteers her time at a really cool place. It's called the University of the People. Yep. And it's in, it's a online school. Right. It's the world's first nonprofit tuition-free accredited American university. Wow. Yeah. And one of the things that she mentioned is that she even has some refugees from over in the West. No, East. Uh over in um, the East that actually are on there getting an education in things like the health field or technology, right? Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. It is. So it, it helps qualified high school graduates overcome constraints such as financial, geographical, or social that's keeping them from having a, um, a college education. Right. Right. It also offers associate and bachelor's degree programs in business administration, computer science, and health science, kind of like I mentioned, Yep. as well as a master's degree program in business administration and education. So think about that. I mean, people that normally would not have access to this are able to get these degrees and make real impact and changes in their area of the world. Wow. I think that's really cool. I do too. Yep. So there is an application process, but no pre-entrance exam requirements whatsoever. So this really, you know, sometimes those exams that you take, you know, those entry exams going into college can be very intimidating, especially for somebody that's older and hasn't been to even high school in 20 plus years. You're like algebra, English, like, oh my gosh, I don't remember all this stuff. So I think this is um, pretty cool that they do that because that can... That can make you think you're not ready for it. Yep. And a lot of times when you have that motivation, you are ready for it. You just need people to kind of 
guide you in the in, right direction. Indeed. And I yeah. think that goes along with what you said about sort of helping them overcome those constraints. Because I would think this, those, quote, social constraints are exactly what you're talking about yeah. there. Where you, I can't do it. I've been doing, I've been doing this plumbing thing forever or whatever it is. And then they. Yeah. And plumbers know so much math, it'd blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, but I, well, no not what I meant. But yeah, I meant just, I've been doing like this labor job forever and I can't go back to school. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, so that's interesting. I uh, also wanted to mention the Women's International Writing Guild, which Michelle mentioned in a course because I write. I found that especially yes. interesting. Um, it was founded in 1976 and it's made up of people from all different backgrounds. Essentially, it's a place where all women writers are made to feel welcome, inspired, empowered, and they sort of share their skills. They talk about resources. They mentor each other. Um, it is a membership publication. Um, they have a conference in the summer. They have regional conferences. It's essentially a place for publishing resources, sort of making friends with other women authors. Again, this is a women-only thing, which might seem weird that I look, looked into it. But I just think as an author, seeing where other author, authors are supporting each other is huge because that's yeah. been a big part for me to feel like this is something I could do. And it's been fun to talk to other authors and kind of try to give them the same vibe and say, there's no reason you can't do this. Yeah. Um, but it's well, a place where they do, you know, professional writing guidance, developing the craft, which is hugely important. Yeah. And I think they have the writing guild for everybody there yeah there's a writer's guild yeah, for sure they have one yeah but um she just mentioned that she was a member of the women's international yeah. writing guild so because you know. she started a children's book she did and i'm excited to see it come out yeah and her daughter's illustrating it yeah. and i thought that's so cool so did a family affair i know and really education we talked to her about education is in the family yeah. one of her daughters teaches at the school right. that i met as well yeah and her other daughter who's only 22 or 23 is going to start teaching there. She just, she graduated law school at like 22 years old. Wow. Super smart. Yeah. Super smart. So. Did she mention that in the interview? That she her, did. Oh, oh, cool. Um, all right. Well. And if she didn't, then it's when I was talking to her afterwards. So there you go. A little <laughs> tidbit, people. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that wraps the show this week, guys. Please give us a call at 407-490-3899 or email us at feedbackandfineanddangy.com. Thoughts, issues, questions, suggestions, or just to say hi. And yeah. And don't forget those hashtags. Help more people. Month of teachers. And the most important one for coming up in September is hashtag turn a popka gold. Yeah. Remember we have the golden warrior festival oh, yes. on September 7th. That's going to be in a popka at the beef O'Brady's. Can't wait. And everybody we're trying to turn a popka gold. So get your gold ribbons on your doors. We have that sign that's still available. Please email us if you're interested in ordering one of those. Yep. And yeah, we are going to make it official. I can't wait. It's yep. going to be fun. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us early in the morning on our end. Don't know what time it is where you are, but have a great day, no matter what time you're listening. Yes. And remember, at the end of the day, it's, it's all, all fine and dangy. I figured that all you have to do is look at the thing and